All right, we're going to get into our teaching today. Everybody say four cups. And uh, this is our third week on this. We're going to go probably two more weeks uh, on this. And then I'm going to go into a series called Thrive. And I'll talk to you more about that later. But uh, for about 3,500 years, the, the Jewish people have celebrated a Passover Seder. And it is a, a Seder is a commemorative uh, meal. And what they're commemorating is uh, the deliverance of the children of Israel uh, from the bondage and slavery of Egypt and that exodus to come out of there and uh, the Passover that took place. And as they observed Passover, which is very similar to our uh, communion, theirs has such deep, rich meaning in history. Uh, many uh, that observe Seder, Passover Seder in these days will partake of four cups or four toasts of cups. And that's where we get our title for this. And the four cups represent four promises. Four cups, there it is, represent four promises or the four I wills. And I'll show you that out of scripture in a little bit. These promises, and I just have to stop and say this. I'm just glad. I'm just a happy guy this morning that we serve a God who keeps his promises. Because you know what? People in our life, they sometimes can't and oftentimes don't. And we have, you know, businesses trying to sell you something. And on TV, there's always the fine print. You know, here's the, here's the big promise, but here's the fine print, you know. And then we have a government. Well, I'm not even going to go there right now, but, but uh, promises, promises. And our God not only makes incredible promises, he keeps incredible promises. And so God has given these four promises represented by these four cups. And it represents his intentions for not only the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, it's what he intended for them. But here's the reality of it, and it's woven all through Scripture. This is what God also intends on down through all human history, right to us, to our children, to our children's children, and as far as that should go, this is what God intends for us. And so I'm going to put it in kind of some familiar uh, phrasing for us. He, first of all, wants us to be happy. Everybody say happy. happy. And stable. And fruitful and blessed. But I don't want you to treat that light, okay? I just want to be happy. Happy's not the goal. Happy's not the goal. And and this is a richer happy than I'm having a good hair day and I, and I got cute shoes on or something, you know, okay? Okay, this is a far more rich happy. This is happy because of what he has done for us and that we belong to him, amen? And I'll, I'll expand that in a moment. And then fruitful. That, uh, excuse me, stable. How many know stable's good? Uh, the world would be a better place if there was more stability in people's lives. Fruitful, that God would actually use you and that your life could be called blessed. But that's not even the goal. If that's all you're after, then you're missing the whole point. God does want to do that in your life, but you're blessed so that you can what? So that you can be a blessing. So it goes beyond you. And then... He wants all of that to happen so that ultimately we can bring him glory. You're here. Listen to me. You're here on this planet. You're living this life ultimately so you can bring God glory. And in order for you to fully do that the best that you can, it's important that you receive of these promises and what God intends for you, that you could be happy and stable and fruitful and blessed and be in a blessing. And that's going to bring glory to God. Can you say amen? Amen. In in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, 
It says, therefore say to the children of Israel, and now let's kind of impose that upon us down the pike of human history. Therefore say to the children of Israel or to you today, I am the Lord. I will, and here's the four I wills. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I want to break this down just a little bit further with these four cups, these four I wills here. And the first one is this, I will bring you out. I will bring you out. And the result of him bringing us out is that we would be happy. Wouldn't you be glad to get out? And so happy. And then I will free you. And we're going to look at this one today. I will free you. And the result of that is he's going to free you from some, some, some things that are compromising your life so that you could be stable. I will redeem you so you could be fruitful. This word redeem means actually to put back, to bring back. It's to restore you and reset you so that God can use you and you can be fruitful. And then I will take you as my own people and I tell you what, that's, that's blessed to be God's people is, is a blessing. Amen. Now, none of these promises are fulfilled outside of Jesus. A better way to say it is this. All of these promises ultimately find their fulfillment in Jesus and what he has done for us. So let me just say this. And I don't mean this disrespectful, but Jesus is the man. Okay. All right. And it's all in him. And we worship him and we serve him. And he is the one who delivers on these promises to bring us out, to free us, to redeem us, to take us as his own so that we could be happy, stable, and fruitful and blessed. Now, last week, and if you weren't here, you can go back and and check this out online on the app and the archives, uh, notes, uh, podcasts. There's a whole lot of ways, CDs that you can uh, go back or catch me in the middle of Target and I'll do the sermon again for you. Okay. (laughs) No, please don't. Okay. Okay. Um, But last week we looked at the cup of salvation, the cup of salvation. And today we want to look at the cup of freedom. Everybody say that with me, the cup of freedom. And the I will promise is, is I will rescue you or I will deliver you. And the result of that is freedom, that he would rescue us and deliver us so that we could have that freedom in our life. And the fact that he brought us out, he brought us out and he brought the children of Israel out from Egypt. And let me just qualify this real quick, okay? When I mention Egypt, we're not talking about modern day Egypt. We're not talking about a people group, a government, a a set of ideals or anything else, okay? We're talking symbolically, historically out of scripture that that, uh, Egypt represented a kingdom other than God's kingdom It represented darkness. It represents a a world without God, a world in bondage. And what God did is bring them out, just like he brought you and I out of a world of darkness, a world of of bondage. Are are you all with me on that? And so the cup of salvation, he brought us out. And so just like with the children of Israel, when he brought them out, guess what? He brought them out from under the heavy burdens of the Egyptians. Y'all with me this morning? And when he did that, then they're no longer a slave. They're no longer under a a taskmaster. Well, the same is true of you and I, that we're no longer a slave. We're no longer under the taskmaster of the devil and of sin. You actually have been delivered. He has brought us out from there. Bob your head if you know what I'm talking about. But we got a little problem though. 
Just like the children of Israel, he brought them out of Egypt, but guess what? Egypt was still in them. And the same is true with a lot of us that he's brought us out of the world, but there's still some world in us. And so what we have to do is realize he not only gave us salvation, but he also wants us to be free. Um, how many of you have ever been to the circus and, and saw an elephant? Okay. And when they have the elephant off the side, they're pretty cool critters, aren't they? Uh, I've been wanting one. Alicia won't let me have one. <laughs> something about deed restrictions or something. But, uh, and the elephant, the giant elephant will have like a rope on one of his ankles and then it's tied to a little stake and he just stays there and it's not that big of a rope and here's the thing an elephant an adult uh elephant weighs between 12 and 15,000 pounds that's six or seven tons and their their lift and carry force is 9,000 pounds and wouldn't it be awesome if we had that kind of ratio you know and you could, if you had a, a seat big enough and put on a, an elephant, he could hold 30 or 40 adults. Has that kind of power. But yet he's held by this dinky little rope. And it's ice cream truck. Okay. He's held by this little rope. And the story behind that is when, when the elephant is small, When he's small, he's held by that same kind of rope. They make sure the elephant sees the rope, sees the rope on him, gets to know that rope. And and when they're born, they're born, they they still weigh about 200 pounds, but there's enough force there when they're little that they cannot overcome that rope. And they're they're trying and they're trained. And sometimes that that training is a a little rigorous even at times, but they learn, and this is what they learn, I, I, I can never be free from this rope. And the reality is they've got 9,000 pounds of pulling force that there'd be no problem to just, just pull that thing. But here's the thing. They've been conditioned in their thoughts. They've been conditioned in their thoughts. I'm still bound to this. I, I, I will never be free from this. And guess what? We're kind of the same way. We're, 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 we're kind of the same way. And there are things in your life. And look at me and listen. There are things in your life you're free from. You, you have been given the freedom. You have the power to be free from those things. But you've been conditioned in your mind. I'll never, never be free from that. I can never overcome that. And the reality is totally you can. And you need to receive of the cup of freedom today. Somebody say amen today. So last week we looked at the cup of salvation. And salvation has to do with your eternity. And you actually enter into abundant life once you receive salvation. Um... Quick story, a couple years ago, there's a guy who caught me after one of our services out at the door. And he said, uh, I have a concern. I said, yes, sir. And I didn't recognize him. He said, uh, I think you're an error on something. And I take that very serious because we, we never want to be an error. I mean, we painstakingly try and pray and work and ha- hard and study so that we don't end up in error. That's a huge thing. And I didn't know the guy. And I said, well, first of all, I don't know you. And so uh, I said, let me just ask you, where do you feel that, that we're in error? And he said, well, I just watched you give an altar call and you make salvation too easy. I said, okay. I said, I disagree with you. And, and then I had to go at that point, come to another service. And then after the, after the next service, he's there again. He says, I watched this other service and uh, uh, you make salvation too easy. And so let me tell you something about salvation. I want you to look at me for this. Salvation is easy. It is easy. Now, let me, let me fill this all out. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, God, who? God, God saved who? You. God saved you. Who's working the hardest so far? God. God saved you by his grace when you did what? You believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a, a what? It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Listen to me. Now there's more to it. But salvation, that's a gift from God. And salvation has to do with my eternity. And salvation, listen to me, it's easy. It's easy to drink of the cup of salvation. And when you drink of the cup of salvation, when you receive that, you know what you are? Happy. Y'all didn't hear me. You're happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. I know that when the whole shooting match is over and I meet my maker, I'm happy to see him. And he's happy to see me. And no matter what's going on in my life, I'm happy. Because I know that. I know the end of this whole thing and I know he's with me all the way through on that. Some of y'all are still not getting this happy thing, all right? Okay, let's say you're driving down the road. And all of a sudden behind you, some lights come on. And you were speeding. And inside your stomach freezes. Your lungs stop working. You yell at the kids. You're 10 and 2. And then he passes you. And you're what? Happy! That's dinky happy. I'm talking about real happy, okay? Anybody happy here today? Hey, I, I didn't ask you about all your stuff and your people and all that stuff making you happy. I'm just telling you, overriding, undergirding, overarching everything. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And you drink of that salvation, we're happy. Happy! And now we have the cup of freedom. And where salvation is easy, look at me for this. Salvation's easy. Freedom, that's a process. Now we got to work. And that's what that gentleman was failing to see. He saw that everything has to happen in just one clump, boom. It doesn't work that way. That's not even what, how God lined this out to work. You receive of that gift of God. And I'll, I'll show you in scripture here part of this in a moment too. Salvation has to do with my eternity. Freedom has to do with here and now in this life. And you get freedom right, stability comes to you. Look, look, look at this in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Work hard. Everybody say it. Work hard. Remember salvation's easy? Now the work starts. Work hard to show the results of your what? Of your salvation. Obeying God, there it is, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Everybody say, thank you. God is working in you, giving you, and this is incredible, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And how many of you know you do what pleases him? You're going to be walking and living in freedom. Amen? Now, 
I have to break this down. And, and, and first of all, let me just go back on that, that God gives you the desire and the power. God will give you the desire and the power that you need to get free and to, and to stay free. Okay, I'm going to break this down a little bit. And I love teaching on this. Uh, I did a more complete teaching on this a few weeks back on our Believe series on Wednesday nights. Believe part 15. So there's a more complete. I want to do a little abbreviated one right now. I am a spirit. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Do it one more time. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Okay, your spirit part is the part that actually receives of that cup of salvation. It is the spirit part that is reborn. That's where you're born again. It's your, it's your spirit. Remember Nicodemus, he said, I don't, I don't get this. Born again, do I have to? He's thinking body. Do I have to crawl back in my mother's body and be born again? And, and, and Jesus thumped him right in the forehead. <laughs> I made that up. That's what I would have done. But... Um, uh, Born again, it's the spirit part. And the spirit part of you, that's the real you. And you come alive again. You're born again. And you're connected with God. And that's the part of you that's most like God. And so that's the spirit. That's you. I am a spirit. Everybody say it. I am a spirit. And I have a soul. Say that again. I have a soul. And your soul is your, your mind or your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Let me, let me make that a little more plain. It's where you think feel, and decide. So in your soul, in your soul, that's the part of you that thinks and feels and decides. So I got some really bad news for you. In your soul, you have issues. You have issues. Turn and tell your neighbor real quick. I have issues. Tell, tell. How many of you are afraid now? Okay, okay. You do. I do too. Listen, that's where, how many of you have ever had some squirrely thinking, squirrely emotions, made some squirrely decisions? Okay. Okay. And, and, and yet do we have salvation? Isn't our spirit good with God, but we're thinking, feeling and deciding in some wrong ways. And you know what that does? That keeps us from some freedom. And then we have our body. Everybody say my body. Your body, that's the physical part of you. That's the part that's in contact with the natural material world around you. And, and get this, take good care of your body, but you're, you're, you are not your body. And a lot of people are confused about that in our world. This is me, this is me. No, that is your earth suit. That is how you travel around here, okay? You have to have it to be on earth, okay? And when you die, what happens? Your spirit, and I believe your soul is also eternal, leaves and then your body is just left here because it was your what? It was just your earth suits. What you, you have to have it to be here. Otherwise, you are spooky. Okay? Literally. So I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I have to tell you about your body. I've been wanting to tell you this about your body. Okay? Your body has issues. And not the ones that you are thinking about. Okay? Your body has appetites and lusts and habits. And I have to tell you this also about your body. Your body is spoiled and rebellious and demanding. And you don't think so? You try taking away something that your body likes. You stop giving your body something that your body likes. And your body will throw a fit. Am I right? 
And then your body will talk back to you. Oh yeah, you're gonna keep that from me? I will give you headaches. Okay, you, you stop giving your body caffeine or nicotine or alcohol or drugs or chocolate or food. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to start exercising your body. Go, yeah, you watch, you know, and, and here's, here's what your body will do to push back. I will give you headaches. I will make you sick. I will give you the, the shakes. I will keep you up all night. And I'll make you sleep during the day when you're supposed to be awake. Your body will throw a fit. Am I, am I right? And so we, we, we got issues. So how does this play out? It plays out in this way. For virtually everything in life, you're going to vote on it. And you get three votes. And uh, your spirit's going to vote. And your soul's going to vote. And your body's going to vote. Okay, let's talk about your spirit for a moment. Your spirit, that born-again part of you, most like God, connected to God, it's always going to vote in line with God's word and God's will. Your spirit's always going to pull, as a believer, it's always going to pull for the things of God. Let's go ahead and cut to the body. The body is going to go completely opposite. Completely opposite. So the spirit votes this way, the body's going to vote that way. It's just like Congress. Okay, so back to our program. Uh, so you get your spirit voting for the things of God. And in the book of Romans, book of Galatians, other places, it implies that the spirit and the flesh are at odds. They're contrary to one another. They're never going to get along. Okay, so then we've got our spirit voting for good things. We've got our body voting exactly opposite of that. And you're voting on everything, folks. Okay, and the tiebreaker is in your soul. You ready? tiebreakers in your soul and it's in your soul that you think and you feel and you decide so if your thinking and your feeling are in line with what the spirit's doing then it will decide that way or if it's thinking more of the flesh thinking and feeling that it's gonna it's it's gonna go that way but the tiebreaker is the soul okay and the soul is gonna you're gonna have to work in the soul this is where we drink of the cup of freedom so that we can vote in the right way. And if we get the spirit and the soul to side together and vote on something, make an alliance, okay? Now the body has to go along with this. You voted this morning on coming to church or not. You didn't realize all this was going on. But you know, the alarm went off and your spirit did this. It's Sunday! Church! And wait, but your body, (laughs) shut up, holy dude. (laughs) I will punch you in the throat, (laughs) right? (laughs) My flesh this morning was voting no, okay? But my soul, in my soul, you, you obviously voted right, or guys, your wife made you. She voted for you. And, and you got here today. Or it can go south. It can go the wrong way. You know? And so when, and that's just one thing that we vote on. But all the time, we're kind of voting on that spirit, soul, 
and body. And when the spirit and the soul, get this, don't miss this. When the spirit and the soul vote together, the body has to go along with it. So guess what? Your spirit and your soul voted. Guess what? Guess what showed up? The body. All right, we're going. And then it, get, and then it gets worse for your body because, you know, we say, come on, let's lift your hands to the Lord. And the spirit's like, yeah, but I don't have any hands. And then it, if you vote on it, then it's like, and then the body just has to do it. And your spirit says, fix your face, act like you're enjoying this, okay? Okay, anyway, we got to get back to this. When your spirit, <laughs> it's the way it works. Don't miss this. When your spirit and your soul vote together like that, your body has to go along and guess, guess what now? Now I have victory. Now I can live in freedom. And I, I talk about just coming to church, but it's all the other things that are warring in your flesh and are warring against you and trying to keep you from that freedom. The cup of freedom brings us a couple things. And I'll just hit this real quick. The cup of freedom brings us victory over sin. You're like that elephant with the rope, okay? It's like, no, you don't, you don't hold me anymore. And you're able to uproot that rope because, because of what Jesus has done. And through the cup of salvation and the cup of freedom, sin no longer has dominion over you. And further, the Apostle Paul taught us this. We are under no obligation to the flesh to do what the flesh wants to do. And the flesh, I'll tell you, wants to sin. And so we've been given through the cup of freedom victory over sin. Somebody say something on that one. Secondly, we've been given healing. We've been given healing from wounds. Where sin is what I did. It's what you did. And it hurts myself. It hurts you. It's bad choices. That's what sin is. Healing from wounds. Wounds are what others have done to us. Anybody here ever been wounded? Well, guess what? The cup of freedom frees you from that. Gives you healing from wounds. And it's important that this be dealt with. Please hear me. It's important this be dealt with. Because if you don't receive of that freedom from the wounds of how other people hurt, you'll live a life of anger. And when you live in that anger, in whatever degree, the Bible says that when you live in anger, it's going to give place to the devil. It gives him a, it gives him a stronghold back, back in your life. It's got to be dealt with because otherwise you're not going to be, be able to receive from cups three and four where God wants your life to be fruitful and, and, and to be blessed. And then thirdly, cup of freedom gives us authority over the devil. We are no longer under him. Do you all hear me? We are no longer under the devil. He no longer has dominion. We've been rescued and translated out of that kingdom and into the kingdom of the son of God's love. And so we're, the devil does not have authority over me, over you in Christ Jesus anymore. Amen. So all of this put together, we have been given salvation. We have been given freedom. Listen to me, you're free. You might still be like that elephant you know, with the rope and thinking you're not, but see, that's the problem. See, you're free, but we don't act free. We don't think free. We're kind of stuck. And I'll tell you where the problem area is. It's right here. It's right here. Everybody point there. It's just right here. This is part of your soul. It's in your thoughts. Everybody say my thoughts. It's in your thoughts. And this is the place that we want to target and just pour the cup of freedom uh, into our thoughts here. In Romans chapter 8, watch this, in verse 5 and 6. Those who are, and let me stop real quick, those 
Paul is writing to the church at Rome. He's writing to born-again, spirit-filled believers that are in Rome. And he says, those Christians in Rome who are dominated by sinful nature. Is it possible, y'all listen, is it possible that you have salvation but you're not free? Yes. It's possible that you have salvation, but you're not living, not acting like you're out of Egypt, but you still got Egypt inside of you. And that's what the cup of freedom is about. Those who are dominated. Are we on verse five? Is that verse five? Okay, my bad. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature. Where do you think? Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, not free. Think about sinful things. Keep going. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, what? Think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your your what? Your mind leads to death or separation from God and the help of God. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life. And peace. Do you know what life and peace is? It's freedom. It's the freedom that he he has brought us. So here's what we have to understand. Sin dominates you when you think about sin. You're going to have to think about the things of the spirit. In other words, your soul, your mind must be renewed. Let me give you a principle. Never forget this. This will save your life. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. Why don't you read it with me? What you feed grows. What you starve dies. Let me see if I can remember this. Two natures beat within my breast. One is cursed. One is blessed. One I love. One I hate. The one I feed will dominate. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. Look at me. You are free. But if you're not free here, your sinful nature, you're voting with the body. We'll, we'll outvote you and take you in the wrong path and you will not live free. What we have to do is renew our mind. We have to renew our mind. I'm just going to give you a brief treatment on this. And you renew your mind with God's word. Y'all listen to me. You renew your mind with God's word. Get this, get this. There is no substitute for reading God's word. You can go to church and I'm glad you do. And that's part of the process. And you might have a Jesus t-shirt bumper sticker and maybe even a holy land tattoo i don't know okay but there is no substitute there's no substitute for reading god's word i can't even explain it to you but this is the living god breathed word of god and when you get it inside you you don't just read this book you let this book speak to you and it has power and 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 people don't even understand that i don't understand it It has power. And I just know that I'm better and I'm stronger and I'm more free when I'm consistently in God's word. And and this needs to be part of your daily life. And if you're reading it and it's boring, you're just doing it wrong. And we've done a lot of teaching to to help you to do that. But there's no substitute for reading God's word. And you're going to have to renew your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world or the way of thinking of the world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed transformed by the renewing of your mind and that's in the soul the mind is in the soul and we're going to have to wash with the water of the word and and drink of the cup of freedom and to renew our mind one other thing that god is going to use he's going to use god's word this is how we receive of the cup you still with me these last few minutes we receive of the cup through god's word 
and we receive of the cup through God's people. It is God's word and it's God's people. God wants to use both of those. God, we go to God for forgiveness. We go to God for salvation. But in the healing and in the growth, God wants you around some other people. He wants you around God's people. Never to the exclusion that, you know, the only people I know are going to heaven. Then you're kind of missing the point. Now, the people influencing your life should be people that are headed to heaven. But you need to have people that don't know God yet. You need to have people in your life that you can be salt and you can be light. But you need to be careful of those influences. But it's vital if you're going to live in freedom. It's vital if you're going to have wholeness in your life. You're going to have to have people in your life, godly people. Because here, and I'll I'll probably say this again. Just as hurt people hurt people, guess what? Free people, free people. Bound people, bind people. You know, and so we've got to make sure that we are with God's people, in God's word and in God's people. And real quickly, I want to show you a couple ways that we can integrate God's word and God's people into our lives. So first one is this, church, church. Everybody say church. And I'm glad you made it today. I'm glad you voted to, to come to church today. Church days affect, they affect the rest of your days. There's no other place that you're going to go during the week that's going to have this impact deep on, in, the, in, the, in the inside, spirit, soul, and body. It's going to help you like church. Church days affect the rest of your days. And largely what happens in church is people repair too. It's not just people prepare. It's not just all the fancy church things. It's really about helping us in our lives. Secondly would be water baptism, water baptism. It's a symbolic sacrament of the church. But do you remember, go back into history here. Okay. And you've got the children of Israel in captivity to Egypt and the Lord brought them out. And then they crossed through the what? Through the Red Sea. They went through the water. The book of 1 Corinthians and another place talks about the, the fact that uh, Moses and the people were baptized in the sea. They went through that. And they went through that to get into the freedom. God brought them out, cup of salvation, that he might bring them in. We see repeatedly in scripture. He brought them out that he might bring them in. He, he brought us out, salvation, that he might bring us in to freedom. Y'all, y'all hearing this? And so what water baptism is, and if you've never been baptized or it didn't mean something to you or you were confused or you were under duress or you don't even remember it or you're sprinkled as a kid or whatever it would be, I just, I encourage you to, to get water baptized. It's powerful for you and it's a public declaration with God's people that I have newness of life. He has brought me out. He is bringing me in. And I think water baptism is a powerful way of following God's word and God's people. Amen. And then growth track, everybody said growth track. And we have growth track every month that goes for four weeks. It's right after third service. And who is it that we want to go through growth track? Everybody. Now I'm not making announcements right here. I'm showing you how these four cups, these four promises are woven into so much that we do around here. They inform what we're doing here. Growth track. uh, And if you, if you've already been through growth track, you may want to think about going through it again. And I'm, I'm serious about that because we've refined it and retooled it some. And now we serve food. <laughs> but Growth Track 201 is today, right after service today. And part of what Growth Track does is to, is to bring you toward membership. And this is a point that I want to make real quick. In the New Testament, and I could take you to about 30 scriptures that just assumes, these promises, instructions assume you are part of a body. You're part of a community of faith. 
And we cannot live this isolated Christian life that, you know, I, I, I've got my Bible and I've got this and I've got that, but I don't need anybody else. You isolate yourself, you're in trouble. There is no lone ranger Christianity. This is a part of being a part of God's word and God's people. And the next one is this, small groups. Everybody say small groups. We truly are better together. It's up close with people that you can share your, your issues. You'll find safe place and safe people. And you'll be able to, to get where uh, you can share God's word together. People can pray with you on things. And I'm telling you, there's so much wholeness to come just out of being a part of small group. And we just launched this semester, but Pastor Sean, I hope I'm not creating a mess here. You'd still get in a group. Our groups are wide open. They would, they would just welcome you and be glad to be, be in one of those. And then lastly, coming in 2015, this next year, we're going to introduce something called Freedom Ministry and Freedom Events. And we're also going to have life groups. And I kind of see the life groups happening all the time, whereas we have semesters of, of small groups. The life groups are L-I-F-E, living in freedom every day. And so when you're going through stuff, this would be a way we're going to have people especially trained to, to do this and to lead those groups. And this is a way that you can get in and get help with the different issues that are going on in your life, your marriage, your finances, or whatever. There'll be all kinds of different life groups for that. And what is all of this for? This is so that we can drink of the cup of freedom. This is so that we can integrate God's word and God's people into our life, and we can live in the freedom that God has brought for us. Amen. Let me just wrap this up. The cup of freedom directly impacts your soul. And the soul casts those, dividing, those deciding votes. God's word, come to know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. And God's people, I said it earlier, just as hurt people hurt people, guess what? Free people help to free people. Salvation is about your eternity. And salvation, hear me again, it's easy. It's a gift. And it should make you happy. Freedom, it's about your life, and it's a process. Everybody say process, but it'll make you stable. Uh, my son Gabe and I, we were watching some football over the last few days and, and just noticing guy would have the ball and he's running and he's free, and all of a sudden three 300-pounders come after him, and they're wanting him to not be free. Okay, and so the, we watched a guy the other day, and it's like all these guys are on him, and he kind of juked and spun out, and you know, about went over the edge, and 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 kept going. And what did he do? Things tried to stop him from being free. He broke free. This other guy, he's going along. All of a sudden, somebody's got his leg, and he broke free again. And this is what you need to know. That's your life. So don't ever think, well, I'm free, free, free. You're going to get clobbered. Okay. And and if and when you do, and a lot of this can be avoided. Okay. A lot of this can be avoided, but if and when you do, what's your goal? Get free again. Amen. You get a hold of me, I'm going to get free again. Be that elephant and rip that, rip that rope again. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And he brought us out so that he might bring us in to his freedom. And I just encourage you in every way, listen, you don't have to be bound. You don't have to be stuck. He came so that you could be free. And let's drink of the cup of freedom with God's word and God's people. And I tell you what's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today?